listening to the Ed Reach Network. Ed Gamer, episode 28 on Ed Reach. Are games the modern novel? This is Ed Gamer for Saturday, November 5th, 2011. Ed Gamer is part of the EdReach Network, edreach.us, giving education a voice. A huge, barely sick anymore voice. It's nice to hear you, <laughs> Jerry. Uh, this show is dedicated to education gaming on any platform. We'll give you the education angle on any type of games ranging from tabletops to MMOs. Discuss how these games impact student learning and how they can be used effectively within the classroom. I'm Zach. And I'm Jerry, not Lucas. Not Lucas. And <laughs> thanks, Lucas, for stepping in last week. Jerry, a little under the weather. I, he actually has a voice now. I, I do, I do. Maybe a few coughs in this episode, but at least I can speak. And I do thank Lucas for stepping in last week. Yeah, he does an awesome job and does some awesome things out in the Carolinas. Yeah. So, oh, and of course, somebody's wanting to print right now. <laughs> You hear that? That's technology. You hear that? It's, yeah. Oh, and she's printing a blank paper. Are uh, you kidding oh. me? Oh, boy. This would be my oldest daughter who's doing homework at 9.57 at night when she should be in bed. Yeah. I'm recording a podcast. Gracie, you're now on the podcast, and I'm not going to edit this out. <laughs> and there's the mic because it's it's open mic night. This is a technology website. That's technology. Yeah, so, Hard oh, and you printed it in color, too. That's good. Well, you know, nothing like printing a blank piece of paper. No, they can't see you. They can hear you. So, shh, you might want to be quiet. Okay, see ya. It's not that the printer was loud and right next to the, the microphone. Yeah, you can shut the door. Okay, bye. Yeah, so... Um, Family night. Now the printer wants to clean itself. Um, yeah, so I think... Yeah, I'm using a different mic, so this is probably not the best quality. And I think... My other mic died uh, from um, said daughter who just walked into the room, and he, she kind of uses and abuses. Is she printing more things, or is the printer just cleaning itself? Do you hear this? I can, I can hear it. It's, it's, I mean, let me get it right up next to it. Let's see if we can hear more. This is what an HP printer does after prints after a while and just decides it wants to clean itself. Just don't put your hands in any, any of the openings. Okay, what in the world were we talking about? <laughs> yeah, that's, she's totally embarrassed. That is so funny. <laughs> can uh, they see me? Like the... Can they see me? <laughs> can they see oh, me? <laughs> okay, speaking of see me, uh, do you ever see... I watched it last night, and my, my much better half got mad at me because I was in the room watching the show, and it's called... Uh, um, oh, goodness gracious... IT, um, the IT crowd. Uh, Did I, I tell you about this? I'm familiar, but I haven't seen it. Oh my goodness! It's it's a BBC show. It's about these two guys that are down in the basement of this business, and uh, Moss and, and Roy. It's Roy, I think. And uh, they're down at the, this basement, and they're just these tech geeks, and it's just so funny. But he has these T-shirts. Roy has these t-shirts on. Okay. And it's just, they're so funny because uh, the other one the other night that I saw um, <laughs> says, I see dumb people. <laughs> <laughs> and he answers the phone, 
Roy answers the phone all the time. Uh, hello, uh, tech department. Uh, have you tried turning it on, turning it off, and turning it back on? Saying <laughs> <laughs> out of his mouth. It's just so funny. <laughs> and the episode I saw was talking about uh, they were messing around. Moss was messing around with uh, the the vibration setting on his phone, on on Roy's phone, uh-huh. and he, it just was just crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's you really need to see that show. I'll that have is, to check that out. That is a quite entertaining show and and don't watch it while your better half is trying to sleep <laughs> you're trying to hold in the laughter so there we go they can see me no they can't see me sweet ah okay so moving who are you my name is jerry james they can't see me either but i'm a <laughs> visual arts teacher at chambrick high school in chambrick illinois who are you so- I'm Zach Gilbert. I'm your host. I'm a sixth grade soul studies language arts teacher from Normal, Illinois. Hmm. And uh, yeah, you, you do understand the you know the tech department guy wearing a t-shirt saying "I see dumb people." I, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I mean, I get the the reference. Yeah, that wouldn't be appropriate for me. No. Okay. Maybe, you maybe not. No. You see, I, I you know we all have gifts, don't we, Jerry? I think I mean, some more than others. Some more than others, uh, you know. I, I'm I might be technically uh, gifted in some ways, but uh, there are many other areas that I'm I am not. Okay, it's it's we're recording this uh, on Wednesday for Saturday because we have many things going on this week and we're both kind of tired. So this is going to be quite interesting, and the show started off quite nicely. <laughs> this is going to be funny. My daughter might even listen to this episode. Hey, okay, so hey, any listener uh, we can get. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so we'll be up to three. <laughs> Your mom, my mom, and my daughter. Right. Okay, so <laughs> our game's the modern novel. So I found two two articles. Mm-hmm. One talks about the study links, uh, I think it was a Michigan State study, that links creativity to playing video games. Mm-hmm. You can kind of see that. You know, it, I think some studies show that, uh, <laughs> going back to our theme of dumb, um, you know, we'll dumb down our, our students. You know, dumb down our kids, mm-hmm. the, these generations. So this Michigan State study says, no, these kids are actually quite creative. Then we kind of find a, um, I, I don't know if it, I don't know if it just kind of disagrees a little bit. In 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 its in its in this article, it's MIGS 2011. MIGS stands for Jerry. The Montreal, <clears throat> excuse me, the Montreal International Game Summit. Yeah, uh, and it, 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 it's in Montreal. It, yeah. And it's <laughs> no, so the article is redefining challenging games can push artistic boundaries, says Royer. <laughs> so very, very well written article. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting uh, one. I do like it. it. It's a very interesting article. It's by Chris Kraft. Chris Graft, sorry. <laughs> um, and then Royer is one of the persons that he, they kind of interview here. So, um, yeah, so it's, we'll get to that one. So the first one here is study links creativity to playing video games. What what's kind of your thoughts on this? Um, you know, this is something we looked into a lot, especially with uh, the recent study, the the little you know activity that we've been doing at uh, at my school with uh, mm-hmm. the virtual world. One of the big things that they hope to get out of this study is to show how you know playing in virtual worlds and interacting in virtual worlds can create increase creativity and i think one of the things that this study brings up which is you know 
really been, I think, one of the downfalls because we, I, I, you know, we've heard this before that that video games increase creativity, and <clears throat> it's so hard to track, you know, because creativity is such a hard thing to track. And I've had more classes than you can count about how to, you know, in the arts, how to try to assess creativity. Mm-hmm. And there have been studies and things like that 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 have been designed to do this. And now I can give you an example. Um, of how we've started to try to do this, and we do this with our virtual world, is, uh, you know, we give kids a, a pamphlet and this big survey before they start the virtual world, and, you know, we ask them, you know, with with a square, a triangle, and a circle, draw a scene, you know, using only those three shapes. Um, you can use as many of you wa- as you want of each, but it has to be only those three shapes. And so then after we we finish with the virtual world we have them do it again so that's one way that you can that you can measure and uh, you'd be pretty amazed i mean especially with something like the virtual world which builds you know when, when you build these things you're building with all geometric shapes as well so the the students hopefully during this time gain the ability to see things you know break objects down around them you know to, to make a castle that takes a couple rectangles some squares and some triangles on the top know and so so they start to see things in that way and that's how that's how i know we've we've proven that the the virtual world thing will increase you know some creativity but it's a really hard thing to measure so yeah uh, they they have go ahead no i was just gonna say i'm glad to see more studies like this come out because there's there's not enough of them and uh, well this is coming from we got it's coming from all different sources here it's like cnet reported first and then the study actually comes computers and human behavior. Mm-hmm. They studied 491 12-year-old boys and girls, found that those who play the games uh, were performing tasks like drawing pictures and writing stories. Mm-hmm. Um, they were more creative than others who did not. So one of the tests they used, which I'm not totally, it sounds, I think I've heard this before, but it's, but creativity is rather subjective trait. Mm-hmm. So how is it measured? The study explored how the kids' technology use affected their creativity using the Torrance test of creative thinking. Mm-hmm. So it's a widely used test, yada, yada, yada. Um, so they used that test, and basically they concluded that gaming, it doesn't say that if it's using cell phones or Internet or computers or whatever, but gaming overall increases. There's a distinct correlation uh, with creativity for both both boys and girls, hmm. regardless of race. Okay. And that's interesting. So you ready for this? Yeah. The Torrance Test of Creative Thinking. You're good. As uh, stated on the ststesting.com site, uh-huh. the highly reliable Torrance Tests of Creative Testing are the most widely used tests of their kind since testing only requires the examinee to reflect upon their life experiences. These tests invite examinees to draw and give a title to their drawings, pictures, or to write questions, reasons, consequences, and different uses for objects. Um, These instruments have been used for identification of the creatively gifted uh, and part of of a gifted matrices in states and districts in the USA, especially in multicultural settings. Hmm. So that's kind of interesting, too, because, you know, I... Without going into specifics, it was quite interesting because I was playing two of the games on the BBC this week, 
Mummy Maker and Pyramid Challenge and games that I've used for years now. They've been on there for uh, several years. And it's interesting. It doesn't matter if you're boy, girl, black, white, Asian, Hispanic. doesn't matter. Um, all different levels. You know, kids that are really good at math, kids that are really good in language skills, they, um, there are certain kids that are able to get these games and understand them. And every year, I'm surprised by certain students that just rise to the top and I got some kids that would be considered like gifted, mm-hmm. um, and I have kids that are you know would be considered much lower. Yeah, and they'll complete the task and do it very well before these so-called labeled gifted students. Very high intelligent, you know, maybe book smart. <laughs> you know, you'd have book smart kids and maybe some that are a little bit more street smart. <laughs> so this this uh, professor of psychology, Linda Jackson from MSU talks about this. This is interesting. I, I, I like this quote. It says, once, um, uh, which part of the game stimulate create creativity? It says, once they do that, once they figure that out, once they figure out what parts stimulate creativity, video games can be designed to optimize the development of creativity while retaining their entertainment values such that new generation of video games will blur the distinction between education and hmm. entertainment. Very cool. And haven't we've been talking about that all the way with uh, Silvio Martinez, you know? Yeah. But trying to get companies to buy into this, and because they might not be able to make as much money, but man, I, I don't know, it, you know, of creating a game on the caliber of like a Call of Duty without all the blood and guts core, but have it turn into some type of educational and, um, yeah, and setting. Yeah, I, I think it's coming. You know, I mean, you because there are, there are companies that. That you know, even Nintendo, the way it tries to make things slightly more family based, the way you know some of the Wii games, like the Brain Age things, have taken off a little bit. And, yeah, you know there are people out there that want those things. Why? Okay, okay, I understand. Bill Gates doing awesome things. Uh, I, read, I read a wonderful article talking about how we should really look up to Bill Gates more so than than Steve Jobs, hmm. and it's not because of the technical side of what they've done, it's because of the philanthropy. And I'm sure Steve Jobs has done a wonderful job of philanthropy. But holy moly, it, Bill Gates, you know, with malaria and, mm-hmm. you know, education, even though I don't totally agree with some things he does doing for education, mm-hmm. but he's, he's doing a lot out there. How? Maybe he is doing something. I just haven't heard about it. Is he doing anything with using games, computers, Game, you know, gaming systems. He's got Xboxes, the software. Why is he not creating yeah. something like this? You, you would hope that that would be. It's not like he doesn't have the money. Yeah, you would hope that'd be a huge priority. Maybe we should have titled our our show differently. <laughs> hey, Bill, you need to help us out here. <laughs> I, I think so. I'll change that. So here's on a. On a completely different side note, I, sh- I should have read further down, and the only reason I bring this up is because I think it's interesting with this article um, about that test. The things, yeah. Some of the things that it look for, looks for, and I want you to listen to these uh-huh. and see how many of these are so hugely promoted by video games. Okay, you ready? Mm-hmm. Emotional expressiveness, storytelling mm-hmm. articulated, articulateness, movement or action, expressiveness of titles, Synthesis of incomplete figures, synthesis of lines and circles, 
uh, unusual visualization, internal visualization. Oh, hold on, hold on. Yeah. What was that one? Unusual? Yeah. What was that? Visualization. Unusual visualization? Yes. Internal okay. visualization. Junior, junior high teacher in me is taking that <laughs> to a different place. Sorry. Usual visualization. What does that mean? No, go on. Sorry. Drugs. Um, extending <laughs> or breaking boundaries, humor, richness of uh, imagery, colorfulness of imagery, or fantasy. Wow. I mean, that's like... It's all there. Yeah. That's totally... This test... It's all there. And, and this is, you know, this is a test unrelated to video games. It's just a creativity test. But yep. I could see how so much of that fits so well. We've solved, we have solved all the world's problems just yeah. in this show. Once again, how many times do we have to do this? We, we always save them. <laughs> okay, moving on to the next one. All right. So redefining challenges in games can push artistic boundaries, says Royer. So I'm going to read the first paragraph here. The success of Call of Duty franchise gave the game industry reason to celebrate, said Jason Rohrer, the indie developer behind such experimental games as, like, Between. I'm going to have to look that one up because I haven't heard that one. Uh, speaking of uh, Sutra attended Montreal International Game Summit. I guess we could have figured out right there what MIGS was, I'm sure. What? I guess we could have figured out right there what MIGS was. I, I didn't have to look it up since they, they told us what MIGS was. <laughs> I had, hey, I just, I just read that. <laughs> hey, Jerry, what does MIGS mean? And let's just read the article. Okay, so, you know, professional skimming, that's what we do. So, okay, what your this is... This is a deep article. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I got stuck in the first half of it because the first half is really interesting because they go on to talk about how how video games, even the most popular video games, are still not crossing into the <clears throat> the power that other forms of media have. You know, it's talking about... Um, well, okay. I'm playing Call. I'm playing um, Black Ops. I'm finally playing it. Okay. Bought it when it went on sale. Playing back Black Ops. Okay. I'm st- I'm trying to get out of this Russian prison. Mm-hmm. Won't go into the story. It's 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 pretty graphic. <laughs> this game's pretty graphic. Um, but I get okay. I get killed. And uh, trying to get out, you know, try, one of the spots. I respawn, you know, back a little further. Mm-hmm. And I'm just repeating it over and over and over again until I figure this silly thing out. Or I say, okay, this is ridiculous. I might go and lower the level that I'm playing on and try to make it easier so I can get through it. And that's really, is that what he's saying? That's really not artistic. Well, I was, I'm, I'm still... I'm still stuck in the point of the argument where, or, or point of the article where where he's talking about the, um, okay, he's talking about like unit sales and things of oh that games. oh yeah yeah, yeah is it, okay so he says when you compare the unit sales of even the biggest games to a recent hit like Avatar games still pale in comparison well because it's it's number of people that see it because a ticket sale is far less expensive mm-hmm. than a video game you buy one video game fifty sixty dollars. Mm-hmm. Right. Sure. And if you buy a movie ticket, you might be talking ten dollars. Mm-hmm. So you could have more people seeing a movie, but it might not gross as much. Sure. So what they did was they compared it to Gone with the Wind. Mm-hmm. Well, Gone with the Wind had one billion viewers, when the population of the world was only two billion. Right. So you're talking about number of people seeing it. The game industry is not there, and it's not. 
it's not into mainstream, and that's where he's, they're they're thinking that, and we need to get more recognition. Right. Uh, we're people are thinking, oh well, Call of Duty and all the you know, uh, Battlefield, these are putting us into the the mainstream. Well, don't you need to look at the numbers really because yes, more people are playing games, but it's still not where the movie industry is. Right. They might bring the money in. But it's not the numbers. Well, I, I think part of that's a platform issue too, because you still have choices and platforms. So you know, not every game is available for every platform either. And and what are, you know, what are these numbers really saying? Because I mean, think about it. You, if you go to see a movie, you see it in a theater or you see it on a DVD, um, or if you're going to get music, you either get it off of iTunes or or a CD or or whatever. But there's so much, you know, competitiveness between the video game systems. I think that hurts the numbers in a way. You know, I mean, well, I, I don't. I, you know, maybe yes, maybe no. It, it's. I think the more games that are out there, I think uh, the better chance of people finding something that interests them. You might not get the individual numbers for a game, but the overall numbers. Because if you look at gaming overall, now I know they're talking about the money and they're talking about you know units. They're talking about the comparing, you know, like a Call of Duty series to, you know, Gone with the Wind or Avatar. But um, it's but you have you still have a ton of people playing all different types of games. You're comparing one to one, one movie to one game. But it's still a lot of people are playing video games. Whether it's my mother playing Bejeweled or my daughter's playing Angry Birds. Angry Birds, yeah. Or something like that. Now he says a quote down here, which I found very interesting. It says, "It's, uh, but it's not just. It's see, it's gotten so bad outside my, outside of my friends in the industry. Nobody that I know plays video games anymore, and the medium medium is losing its best thoughtful players. So it's, what I think he's trying to get to, is that the games are losing their artistic punch." Okay. And people are leaving that. So you've got games, which I was talking about before, where you're repeating it over and over and mm-hmm. over and over again. That's that's not good. I mean, that's not... You don't. It, there's no openness. Mm-hmm. And you can't compare the movies, which is a static um, you know, medium, mm-hmm. to a video game, which is far more interactive. Sure. I mean, like... Uh, we've gone like ten different directions just with this one article. I know. This is a deep. Yeah, yeah. This is a very deep article. Yeah, and we, we um, also with gaming, we bear, we don't talk about what do you consider to be gaming. You know what I mean? Like what yeah. somebody that plays a game an hour a week. I mean, you watch a movie or you don't, and you know you you can play a game or you can really play a game. You know, what I mean, like there can be serious difference in how how many games you play, how much games you play, how much you play that game. So I think that adds to that argument, too. Yeah, so it's it's going down here a little bit more. It talks about, it says, we need to embrace challenge. We as game designers have been fighting against necessity of challenges, challenging games. It might not be the avant-garde filmic, uh, or did I skip, um, I skipped one here. Um, it's a bit of a paradox. You made a current leading theory is that games need to be more accessible, easy. But he said that brain yearns for challenge. With no challenge, game uh, gaming is busy work. Mm-hmm. Nobody likes busy work. And it's where like repeating the level mm-hmm. over and over and over again, and that's 
that's bad. Mm-hmm. That's bad. So he also got into that there are games that are more open, but there are games that handle the challenge appropriately. He said games like Far Cry 2, Demon's Souls, Minecraft. Minecraft's perfect. The freedom of approach method. Mm-hmm. Players work their way through complicated subsets of a game, working towards a goal. How they get there is up to them. Civilization is the same way. There's 50 billion ways that you can come up with and and win the game. Yep. It will not always be the same. That's where, and that's where he's saying that there's creativity, but there is the challenge, and that's where a good game is coming from. Yeah, and that's interesting. I like that. Wow, that's, I mean, like I said, you, okay, after you listen to this wonderful and engaging podcast, <laughs> you need to go read this article because it it is one of the better articles that I've read in a long time about gaming. Mm-hmm. And uh, Chris Graft and interviewing uh, Jason Rohrer, and I'm going to have to look up this between game. So it sounds sounds pretty good. I'm going to make, I, I don't know if I made a plug last time, but um, Blues News is one of the websites that I that I use a lot, almost daily, mm-hmm. and they have another update from my friend Josh, who is one of the lead designers for. Um, uh, oh goodness gracious! Isn't it always amazing how you forget these things. <laughs> uh, the repopulation. Okay. And yeah, the repopulation, and it's therepopulation.com. And I tell you what, this is. This is looking really nice, this game. So I'll put a link out there, too, because I think people need to see that one. It's gonna, They're going to start beta, it sounds like, early next year. Thanks. So I think it's something you should look at, Jerry, because I think it's a program. Um, the program that they're using, something that, I don't know if it's Unity or... I'll have to look that up. But it's, it's one of those programs that you might be able to use within your classroom. Very cool. So... I think you got a lot of editing to do <laughs> this podcast. Hey, uh, anything else, Jerry? Um, you can check out the comments section after that article, too. There are actually some interesting comments down there. Okay. Not not quite as, as in-depth or uh, um, well-spoken. Yeah. And I can't speak for any of the comments that are made after this, but there are a few interesting <laughs> ones down there I was reading through, too. Okay. Very cool. Thank you for listening to this week's Ed Gamer Podcast. Please follow follow us on edreach.us and also follow other great podcasts and blog posts on the EdReach Network. Have a great week. Take your vitamins, even if they're the Flintstone kind. Gummy or hard? Mm, I don't know, but be careful. <laughs> I, I, I caught you there, Be careful I? if you chew one that's not supposed to be chewable. And if you leave the gummy ones out for a long time, yeah. they turn hard. Yeah. Not crunchy, but they're still hard.